Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Just Fish Outdoors. I'm your host, Dale York, and I designed Just Fish Outdoors to focus on freshwater, lakes, and streams, and to provide information, tips, and techniques, along with how-to segments for catching everything from crappie to catfish. We will also provide tips on equipment, tackle, boating, and much, much more. All of this is aimed at helping you catch more fish and have fun doing it. So join us each week as we talk about my favorite subject, fishing. That brings us to our special segment today. As uh, most of you know, really great crappie fishing is just around the corner. And for those who just can't wait until spring... Early season crappie can be hard to find and and easy, even harder to catch on a consistent basis. Uh, today's guest is going to uh, help share some information that will uh, hopefully help us catch those fish and find those fish uh, in the early season. Today's guest is Barry Morrill, uh, extraordinaire crappie guide. Uh, Barry, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and if you would tell us a little about yourself and where you guide. Yes, uh, glad to be back, and uh, I know everybody's feeling like I am. We're trying to shake off the winter blues. Can't wait for the the crappie bite to start happening, and whenever we get sunshine out, uh, definitely that's when we get excited. I'm a full-time guide year-round. Anybody wants to contact me, get a hold of me, just call my cell number, 660-723-2667. That's a... Uh, area code out of Missouri because I'm originally there from there fish a lot in, in Missouri as well but and love fishing for crappie okay and if you would uh, tell us about uh, what you do to find crappie this early in the season you're on a lake you got water temperatures you know maybe mid 40s maybe high 40s uh, where do you start looking what what do you start with well, crappie this time of year are definitely going to be holding to, to something, which means basically a structure, whether it's a lay down uh, or a stump or or just a break line of rocks and boulders. What I do is I start patterning the deepest part of the of the lake that I can find. At this time of the year, I'll move into the creeks because that's where most of these crappie are going to start spawning first is up in the shallower creeks. So I'm starting in 20 to 25 foot of water. Uh, fishing those break lines, looking at my sonar really, really carefully, finding the bait fish. And if I can find some bait fish, there's definitely going to be some crappie there. Do you see a Do you see a correlation between the clarity of the water and the depth of the fish this time of year? Well, you do. Uh, I think you do on any time of the year, uh, whether it's clear. The clearer the water, the deeper they're going to be. Uh, most of the lakes that, that's in the southern end of the state are are going to be a little bit murky. They're going to be two to three inches of clarity, and then it's going to your your jigs are going to disappear. But uh, I think the key thing is just a water temperature, comfort zone at this time of year, and where the bait fish are really moving. If the sun comes out and starts really heating the water up just a little bit, that surface the, the bait fish are going to rise. Actually, uh, believe it or not, we saw some uh, crappie surfacing uh, the last trip I was out, which was uh, Wednesday. And they were they weren't big crappie, but they actually were surfacing. That was up in the creeks and around eight ten ten foot of water. Yeah, I, I've you know in years past when I I I chase crappie not to the extent and level that you do, but uh, I, you know I love to eat them, so I, I chase them pretty regularly. And uh, that, that's something that uh, is interesting to see this early in the year, and when you have water temperatures in the forties, and, and that's just primarily due, wouldn't you say, to the, to the sunlight and the heating of the shallow part of the water that those fish rise up and and kind of bask in that warmer water. Uh, absolutely, and and again that goes back to your question on clarity of water 
the the muddier, the stained, more stained water you're going to find, the warmer that water is going to get. Uh, we were fishing on Tuesday. I found water in 44 degrees, fishing 20 to 25 foot of water, uh, catching most of my fish on 11 to 14 to 15 foot deep. Uh, on Wednesday, I went back out. I was fishing shallower water, anywhere from 8 to 12, 14 foot of depth. And we we didn't catch as many fish, but that's where I was seeing some of those fish surfacing. That water was uh, was really more stained than what I'd fished on Tuesday. So I think the temperature there was in the 50s, 50 to 51 degrees. And therefore, your, your bait fish are going to rise, and that's what the crappie were doing. Yeah, and and as we all know, you know, the, the, the more turbidity the water, or to some extent, the, the less visibility in the water, uh, that water will warm and hold temperature better than clear water will. So, uh, you know, it's usually the first thing that's going to warm up, and uh, those fish will seek that. Uh, they will rise maybe 15, 20 foot vertically in some days when you have a real bright sun and a real warm sun with lower wind. Uh, those fish will rise vertically to come up and meet that warmer water instead of staying down there where it's, you know, 36, 37 degrees. Yeah. So, absolutely yeah so so what what's your are, are you primarily minnow fishing this time of year or well actually uh the, the good part about springtime you can use just about any technique you want uh i vertical jig and i use artificial bait year round so i leave the minnow fishing to others and and my boat never is, is tied up to anything so the fun part of when i go out fishing i get to to go buy boats that are tied up and they're minnow fishing They'll be catching fish. Some of them are even casting. They may be using a slip cork or, or stationary cork fishing really deep and casting out. Uh, I'm going to be using one to two poles. My clients will be using one or two poles and will vertical jig and, and hold those baits in, in the right depth of water. And uh, n- normally we'll have two baits on, a quarter ounce on the bottom and a six, an eighth ounce on top. And uh, that's a little contrary to what most people believe, that you need little baits, little uh, jigs to catch crappie. Uh, we use big baits year-round and can catch lots of crappie. Yeah, you know, anyone who's ever bass fished for any length of time and thrown large spinner baits, you know, I've caught some of the biggest crappie I've ever caught on a, on a quarter-and-a-half-ounce spinner bait. So we we know them things will eat big baits, and they'll catch big fish. Uh, you know, the age-old adage, you know, sometimes bigger bait equals bigger fish. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I personally haven't thrown specifically quarter-ounce equipment for a crappie. Uh, I prefer a little smaller stuff, but uh, I think that that's as much as my uh, uh, upbringing and as much as my skills uh, in my education level on them as much as anything you know uh yeah I, I i think this time of year is is probably one of the most difficult time of year to get out and pattern the fish successfully day after day after day because of the changing water temperatures mainly those fish start to move and once they start to move they come out of that winter doldrums they come out of those uh, winter pockets and start scattering and moving up toward the you know holding points pre-spawn areas and, and that can be difficult to find fish so how, how do you battle that well you know going back to what you were talking about on on the bait size uh and and then I'll get to this question. The key thing that I that I want to share is that I know a lot of people cast in and if I was casting for crappie, I would be using probably a sixteenth or an eighth ounce jig. And I'd be using six or eight pound test line, whether it's with a slip cork or not. 
or whether it had a blade on it or not, uh, the casting method is what I would be using with the lighter baits. The technique I'm using is a vertical jigging uh, application, and and I'm using 12-pound test line, quarter-ounce jigs on the bottom, maybe two jigs, which would be an eighth on the top and a quarter on the bottom. What that's doing for me is keeping my bait down to the depth that I need, and my line is super tight. So if anything touches at my line, I'm going to feel that bite and be able to set the hook. Versus casting, then you, you've got slack in your line or you're, you're having to bounce it off a of structure. So a lot of people and a lot of my clients will say, man, these crappie hit hard down here. Well, the truth is they've never really felt the bite like they do when they're using baits like what we're using. They're, they're catching them when the jigs either falling or rising. But if you've got strong, heavy bait or strong line and a heavy sinker on the bottom, which is a quarter-ounce jig head, you'll feel that, that bite. Man, it'll knock it out of your hands. So the water temperature is key right now. Uh, it's not really all that key far as spawning goes, and that's, a, that's the age of... Uh, statement is what the water temperature's got to be in order for it to spawn. Really what we're what we're seeing now is crappie moving out of the deeper water, starting to stage, getting ready to spawn. And so they're going to be coming out of that 20 to 25 foot of water moving into 10, 12 foot of water here before long. And that's going to happen when the water starts warming up. Uh, when that when that starts happening, and, and like I said, 45 to 55 degree temperatures, you're going to see the crappie moving. They're also going to be feeding uh, once they start spawning, then they're just basically protecting their beds. And so they're going to use a lot of energy to doing that and also in the spawning process. So between now and when that spawn happens, you're going to start seeing some pretty aggressive bites. Yeah, you know, you'll you'll feel some of the most aggressive bites and see some of the most aggressive fish. You know, I, I've, I've been in, in clear water situations, fish in spring, when we've had, you know, high 50-degree water, we're actually seeing a large crappie chase the bait to the boat and eat it. You know, I mean, they just come out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, they're Absolutely. very, very aggressive because they are trying to feed up and get as much body mass as possible before they actually go into that spawning cycle where they don't eat and digest food. Say, you know, they'll chase stuff off the off the nest or off the eggs, but they they won't. They're not physically feeding. And and as you as you pointed out, they use a lot of body energy. All fish use a lot of body energy, and you know, some fish can lose. 25, 30, 40 percent of their mass when, uh, during the spawning cycle. It just depends on, on certain situations. But, uh, you know, and the same thing after the spawn, you know, those fish get really, really, really uh, aggressive after the spawn when they start that healing cycle and trying to put that body mass back on. But, uh, you know, right now we're kind of focused on, on pre-spring, you know, where are we going to find these fish? How are we going to pattern these fish? Uh what do these fish that you're looking at look like on sonar? Are they horizontal schools or are they vertical schools? Well, basically, they're they're going to be scattered more horizontal schools, uh, and and because of that, you're you're seeing a lot of bait fish. And if you can find, like I said earlier, the the bait fish were going to be in big big bands of uh, balls, or they're going to be spread out a little bit. But but in that, uh, I've even had to to put my baits above those schools because the crappie are right in there feeding, and when they see something different, then they come out and attack it. Uh, so you know, the key thing is is finding the right water depth. Uh, take a look at the temperature, but I really don't worry about the temperature yet until uh, when I find the fish. Now, the other day I found the fish in, in 20, 25 foot of water. They were only about 12 to 14, 15 foot deep. 
and the, and the bite was slow, that water temperature was 44 degrees. But by the by the end of the day, that water temperature starts moving up a little bit warmer. Those fish are going to go a little bit shallower. So in locating the fish, don't hesitate to change where your, your pattern of fishing because if things slow down and you're not seeing as much on your screen, change the depth of water by just simply moving your boat in, in a little bit shallower. Uh, and then also know where those channels are because the channels, if you're following a channel through a creek, it's going to meander left and right. It doesn't just run straight down the middle. And uh, on any of those bends that you find, that flat up on top of that inside bend is where you're going to see those fish start moving up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's primarily the the, the holding point for most game fish, period, is that is that first major bend on that flat. Uh, you know, especially if there's a little current coming down that that river channel, especially. Uh, so, so you're looking, uh, you know, coming out of winter, uh, coming out of that 25, 35 foot of water depth, they're they're moving. Uh, so, h- how do you track these fish? I mean, is it just a temperature in the course of a day? You know, these fish can move vertically as well as horizontally, especially if you get a warm day like we've got today, where you know you may start in the high 30s, low 40s to when you first get on the water. The water temperature or the air temperature may r- bump up to 60, let's say, or 65, and of course that's going to uh, come right along with the water temperature the surface temperature is going to bump up you know between oh, 11 30 12 o'clock to about three or four o'clock uh, in that area is going to be your warmest water temp so these fish that are that are there in that particular area uh you know they're they're going to move they're going to do something so what you're saying is that these fish can go shallower you know move your boat in the course of a day do something different you know the fish are still there they just may have moved vertically or horizontally to a certain point but the fish are still there yes that's that pattern you just described is going to take place all the way uh all spring from this point now to to the when they start spawning uh and and i'll track them all the way into you know six or eight foot of water before they actually move up to the banks not all fish will spawn you know in a, in a two or three foot range but some of them will spawn in the four to six foot range but the the whole key is is what you're saying is is checking the sun checking the temperature i kind of you know gauge myself when i start taking the layers of clothing off uh, throughout <laughs> the morning you know from when you start yeah. that's telling you that the, it, it is warming up but if right. that happens then the surface water temperature is going to warm up and the sunlight's penetrating that water so your fish aren't going to be holding in one spot the entire day a lot of fishermen who who tie up you know, or I've had a lot of people come with me, and they and we move our boat entirely. You know, the entire day. So the next day, I may see them on the water fishing in the same areas, and here they are tied up. And and one of their questions will be, "Man, they bit early, but boy, they they've died. They, they just quit. What's wrong with them?" Right. Well, you know, I don't know that they really picked up on, but our boat was never in the same spot the entire day, and we caught fish all day long. So my point is, is I move I move with the fish, and if you're stationary and anchored up. You can cast further, you know, deeper water than what you were earlier, or turn your turn your poles around and, and head them toward the bank a little bit. Those fish are going to move from eight to ten, you know, or fourteen, fifteen foot of water up into eight to ten, twelve foot of water up into six or eight foot of water throughout the day. You'll find them in different locations. Uh, you just got to be there at the right time and, and not be afraid to move from what you're doing. Yeah, wind, I've also noticed wind can play a big important factor in this as well. You know, if you start getting a, a pretty decent wind, 10, 15 mile an hour wind blowing out of the south, where it's starting to blow up in some of these creek channels or some of these pockets 
uh, you know, that has a tendency to, to move the fish shallower as well because it moves the bait fish and the fish go with the bait fish. So, uh, you know, if, if you're starting out fishing early in the morning, you have no wind, you're catching fish 15, 18 foot deep, and here comes a 5, 10, 15 mile an hour wind, and uh, all of a sudden you're not getting any bites. Folks, move up shallower because those fish have just moved with the shad and moved closer to the bank. Uh, wind really will turn those fish on like nobody's business sometimes. Yes, uh, that's true. And, and the point you're bringing up with the wind uh, makes me think of another thing that, that fishermen need to look at. Crappie do not like current. Uh, they're not strong uh, current fish to where they can stay out in it the entire day. So in the mornings when it's calm, and you may be fishing that deeper water and uh then all of a sudden you get this wind move up and you get a lot of wind blowing it's going to push the bait fish in shallower but those crappie are moving in not just because of the bait fish all the time they're going to move in where there's a structure break some kind of a break in there where they're going to hold in there a little bit shallower they know the bait fish are going to be moving in and if if you've got a lot of wind you're going to have current in the water it's going to be pushing that water up toward the banks or, or out away from the bank one way or the other and you're going to need to just pay attention to what kind of wind you've got, the direction of it, and then what could those fish be holding in behind. They're, they're, they, they like to ambush their bait. So they're going to be tucked in behind something looking for bait to come through. Yeah, and, and folks, if, if you've, you know, for those of you who've caught a crappie and sit there and look at him, what you're looking at is a dinner plate with skills and, and fins on it. And, and that's the reason why they don't like current, because they present a huge side mass to the current, and current can push him around like nobody's business. And, and as you said, I, I don't think, uh, I agree with you, I don't think they're strong swimmers anyway. Right. And, uh, you know, any of us who've ever fished a river condition where you got a a decent current knows that how tight those fish can hold behind a boulder or a brush pile or a log you know they can literally nose up to that thing and if you don't put your bait right there you're not going to catch the fish because they're not going to be six inches away from it they're going to be nosed up to it you know they, they it could be full of them but uh, you've got to put that bait right up against that break in order to catch them so uh, what else comes to mind what are some of the other tips that you'd like to pass on to some of our listeners well, the key thing I think what I like to be able to do is is vary my presentation to them. So uh, I I know they like to feed on on shad or minnows, and uh, when you use artificial bait, I like to use a loop knot to keeps my bait fl- uh, flowing freely in the water. A lot of people will cinch their knots up tight. Uh, by using a loop knot, my jig is automatically moving with the current in there. And then the presentation is key. So like these fish you're talking about that is nosed up in there, I'll use a quarter-ounce jig head, sometimes even go to a three-eighths if, if I have to, to where I can present that bait right next to that boulder or that log or whatever it is that those fish are holding on. And then once I present it down to them, and I just usually let that bait sit there and, and just tease them a little bit, and then I'll twitch that pole, either the tip of it or I'll twitch it with my line in my hand. And what I'm doing is, is creating the movement that that bait is trying to escape or it's a dying bait, and then I let it go back and that bait will fall down in front of them. That's going to create a bite. So a lot of these crappie uh, this time of year and even in the wintertime when it gets a really tough bite, the fish are still there, and they are going to eat. You just got to create some movement and and tease those fish into biting and striking that bait. And most of the time, it's just a reaction bite. Yeah, it, yeah. You got to agitate them. You you got to do something to to want them to hit that bait. 
because uh, sometimes they can they can you your electronics can just light up like a Christmas tree. I mean, I've seen my great Lawrence HDS equipment just you know <laughs> draw so many arcs on the screen that you couldn't even count them. And at the same time, I know they're crappy because I caught them there maybe two days beforehand. But you can't get them things to buy. You may catch one every ten minutes or one every fifteen minutes, uh, and they're just negative. That's the thing. They're just negative. They're just sitting there you know sticking their tongue at you. They, they're not going to buy it. They got the hard hats on the safety glasses and and they're they're just not going to buy it and uh, sometimes uh, you have to do something different or do many things different you know change colors sizes presentations do all kinds of things uh, i've seen situations where you couldn't catch them vertical jigging but if you threw the jig out and let the jig swim through the school of fish you could catch fish that way right you know it, you just have to pull out the full tackle box when you're in a situation like that and uh, figure out how those fish can bite or what you can make them bite. Absolutely. You know, people think of bass fishing. uh, They use crankbaits. They use jigs. They use Carolina rigs. They use uh, crankbaits of, you know, just different styles of fishing. Same goes for crappie. And if you're really an avid crappie fisherman, you've got to be able to present different baits to them in a different pattern. And presentation is probably the, the key to catching a lot of crappie. Uh, you can fish all day long and catch a few, but if you to change your technique a little bit, don't be afraid to, to vary from what you've always done. You will catch crappie. I saw a bait fisherman the other day who was tied up, and what he was doing, of course, he's, he's using minnows, and he's using jigs and minnows, so a combination. And he changed up by saying that you know he was using a live minnow on one bait, but on the other one, he just actually pinched a head off the minnow and just had it on the hook with a, a plastic. And he was changing his presentations by doing that. Uh, I just kind of laugh because I like to use artificial bait. But (laughs) to see him change, that meant to me that he was a crappie fisherman and he knew what he was doing and not not afraid to do some different things to get a a more of a bite. And I did see him catch fish, so I know he was doing something right. Yeah, I I can't tell you the number of times that I've been crappie fishing and, you know, a couple hours go by and you look on the front deck of my ranger and there's 15 different colors of jigs laying out there because I've tried so many things. And and usually there's something in that combination that'll start the fish and get aggressive. And, you know, know, even the time of day is so important this time of year. You know, you you could get on the water at 8, 9 o'clock and maybe you won't get a bite till 1. But it's that water temperature spiked up maybe one, two degrees that turned those fish on just enough to maybe like uh, for two or three hours in the afternoon you'll catch fish and then they'll shut right back off and, and they won't bite again uh, for for maybe a day or maybe a couple of days. You know, that's a, a good point because a lot of crappie fishermen and, and even I grew up, my dad said we had to get out there early in the morning. So we were there, you know, at daybreak. <laughs> and, you know, you might you might catch that early bite and, and they'll they'll hit for maybe 30 minutes to an hour, but then they're going to shut off. And uh, the gentleman we had in the boat the other day, you know, he mentioned that. He said he fished till, you know, 12 o'clock and never got bit, and so he went home. And we, you know, I just looked at him and said, well, that was your problem. You went home. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you'd have stayed out there another hour or two, the, the bite really picks up in the afternoon. So right. there's two or three bites. I mean, it's just like humans. We're not all going to eat at the same schedule. Sure. Uh, fish are no different. You got to you got to keep it simple. We try to make this too difficult a lot of times. And the, and the point is, the only way you're going to catch them is to be out there on the water. And if you're not catching them at that moment, change up what you're doing, move around, and then don't give up because sooner or later those fish, especially if you're seeing them on your sonar, you know my my elite Lawrence that I've got on the front, I can I can see there's fish there, but they're not hitting. 
but I'm not going to give up on them. I may move, move my boat and go somewhere else, but I will be back in that same water before the day's over, and I'll catch fish. Yeah, and that's that's a very, very good point that our listeners need to take note of. When you find a good school of crappie, you know, be sure you put that waypoint on your GPS, on, on your Lawrence HDS equipment. And even though you may not catch a fish at that particular time of day, uh, don't Come, don't forget to come back to that spot later in the day before you go home. Because I, I don't know how many times, and I'm sure, Barry, you've done it too. You find a school of fish, they're not biting, you go off and do whatever it is you're going to do. You come back three or four hours later, and you literally catch your limit on the place that you couldn't buy a bite three, four, or five hours ago. Absolutely. You know, I've been a brush pile fisherman ever since I was a youngster when I did fish with minnows and we tied up all the time. You catch a few fish out of there, and it's almost like you stirred them all up <laughs> and you've caught them all out there yeah. well basically i think what what takes place is our bait fish that was there left with all the excitement and then once it settles down an hour or two later if you sit there long enough you'll catch them again so that's the reason you know i'll i'll move in move out i'll just like the fish do they're in and out uh, you just got to get back there in the same spot uh, I did want to point out a couple of things is the Lindy baits and the yum baits that I use. Uh, I use big baits year round, but I'll use, a, I changed my profiles up. I'm still using two inch length baits, but some of them are different diameters. The Viber Kings and the yum baits and the woolly beaver tails, there there's a difference in size, the diameter of those bodies. The Lindy watch it grubs I use, I use a two inch regular, which is about the size of a pencil. And then I use a two inch fat watch it grub. It's about the size of an ink pen. Uh, so the the bigger profile in the spring is good because the water is going to be murkier, and uh, those fish will see that bait. And for finicky, sometimes you might want to go to a smaller diameter and drop it down in there. Uh, the Lindy Fuzzy Grub I had on the other day, and that really makes a difference when you drop that bait down in front of them and that marabou is actually breathing. It's a combination of plastic and marabou. Right. So when that when that breathing motion of those of the marabou is flashing in the front of them, they it's hard for them to resist on even on a tough bite. Yeah, that that's uh, that's a good point. Is is to change up that bulk size and the length sometimes makes a difference as well. Especially if you're fishing in a lake that's got both thread fin and gizzard chat in it. Sometimes if those fish are on a, on on a thread fin bite, the thread fins may be really really small, and you almost got to match the hatch so to speak in order to catch the fish. Uh, Barry, that's great advice, and I appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, uh, how can people get a hold of you for to book a trip with you? Well, they can you know, go to my webpage. That's, it's Barry, uh, bmorrow at barrymro.com, or just give me a call at 660-723-2667. Uh, I'm filling dates right now for March and April. Uh, I'll be fishing all the way through June. This is a great time to catch fish, and you'll find people fishing from the bank or out in a boat. There's a lot of areas. And, uh, you know, my point is I can catch them. We, we'll fish for them all year long. So depending on what your schedule is, we'll we'll find a time for you. Well, Barry, once again, thanks a lot for coming on the show. And, and folks, don't forget you can find us on Facebook, Just Fish Outdoors. Uh, folks, get out and enjoy one of the many lakes or streams we're blessed to have. Uh, thanks for listening, and be sure to catch us next week. This is Dale York, host of Just Fish Outdoors, saying we'll catch you later.